0: tribe talk tribe talk is a podcast created to help elevate your life through real talk true stories and great debates with some fun sprinkled in
1: we dive into all things lifestyle health and wellness to expand your knowledge and guide you towards living your healthiest happiest life Hi Tribe, so today we have someone amazing on the show and I know we're going to have such an interesting and fun conversation as it is around some of my favorite topics. Our guest is called Bridget Jane and she is a Reiki practitioner, certified coach and a self-development writer who is passionate about living a mindful non-toxic lifestyle. She has been a high vibe source of light and information in my life for the past year via her Instagram page where she Regularly drops truth bombs and a wealth of knowledge around all things energy, manifesting, and getting rid of your limiting beliefs so that you can live your best life. So, we welcome Bridget. Yay, thank you. Happy to be here. So excited to have you on. Thank you. So, we would love to just share a bit about you first if you want to kind of tell us about your story and how you came to where you are currently today.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I always have trouble answering this question because I think there's so many like events and pivotal moments that have kind of got me to where I am today but I would say sort of the most significant one was when I moved from New Zealand to Europe um, which was coming up five years ago now actually Um, and I was at a point in my life where like things just weren't flowing like there was a lot of you know, self-limiting beliefs, self-sabotaging behavior. It was just like pushing shit uphill. I would like my physical, mental and emotional health was suffering and I wasn't connected with my intuition at all, but I was still enough to know that I just had to, I had to get out. I had to change my environment um, to just do something. I didn't really know why, like there wasn't a reason why I had to go. I just knew, I knew I had to. Um, and so, yeah, fast forward a few months and a few visa processes, and I was in Italy, and I think the turning point for me was um when I was there, it was actually the first time in my life, or first time in a really long time, that I had had sort of this solitude as so I ended up kind of in the middle of nowhere in in Tuscany in this house that I was working for these people was a nanny um and I was by myself a lot of the day, sort of in the middle of nowhere, I couldn't speak um, the Italian language, which, you know, it's the countryside so no one spoke English, so I really found myself alone a lot, which was actually, I was really lonely, but that was a huge blessing, because it was actually the first time in a long time that i had had that stillness, and i had had that space to actually go, hold on a minute, like something my life needs to shift, I can't carry on repeating these patterns i can't carry on with the habits that i've created now like something something needs to change um so it really like i really started small by you know kind of changing the way i ate like less drinking moving my body more that kind of thing um and yeah i guess those little changes actually snowballed into where I am now obviously fast forward like four years and a lot of moving around and whatnot um and then the other kind of pivotal moment was when sort of another intuitive pull and another tug was my friend said to me okay do you want to go to Barcelona for a weekend just completely random I had no money but I was like it was one of those things where it was just like this makes no sense logically but I'm just going to do it because there's something there and it's it's pulling me and I have to do it um, so I went there for three nights with about 40 euros, which makes no sense because if you've been to Barcelona like that, it just seems impossible. Um, but that's where I met my now husband on the second night. So again, fast forward another six months and I ended up moving countries, uh yeah, to Barcelona. Um and again in a whole new whole new environment. And coming from a place like well, was quite in Italy, especially coming from New Zealand, into a place like Barcelona um that was for me just completely and utterly weird out of my comfort zone like it's it's the intensity of it is just it's crazy, it's chaotic like it's like a zoo here basically, and so I basically had to. Like, I knew I was going to have to be here for, like, four or five years because my husband was studying. Um, I thought, okay, how am I going to cope with this? Because I just didn't. I didn't cope for a while. It was really, really intense. Um, Like, I clashed with the culture, the people, just everything. It wasn't my space. I was like, I know I'm going to be here for a while. How am I going to, like, cultivate a sense of this inner peace in this chaotic environment? Um... So that's sort of when I started to dive into like meditation and mindfulness and all these other kind of spiritual practices. And that's essentially helped me create this sense of inner peace in my, in this chaotic environment. Um, And so I think once you kind of start doing these things, again, like it just snowballs into diving into this, that, and the next thing. Um. And yeah, it's like I guess a little snippet of how I've kind of got to what I'm doing now.
1: And then you're so you're a Reiki practitioner now. So did that kind of come at that time when you started to study that?
2: Um, No, so when I moved to Barcelona, so that was kind of when I was getting really into the health and wellness and I was, I was nannying here for a while and I was just like, no, this isn't, this isn't going to cut it. And then I kind of thought, okay, what am I passionate about? What do I want? What do I want to do? And then there was an um, opportunity that I found to become a health coach. So I studied that for, for 18 months and I loved it and it was great. But then, sort of, I had um, like my first couple of clients that was based sort of around nutrition, which I love and I'm passionate about. But after the session, I was sitting there like, no this isn't like, no, this, this isn't what, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I want to do. It was close. It was, I was one step closer, but it still wasn't really lighting that, that fire that I had in me. And so I guess after every kind of coaching session, I would come back and I would refine and be like, okay, I'm getting a little bit closer. So I kind of moved away from the nutrition and I went into sort of like the more, the more mindset stuff, which really lit me up. I loved it. Like helping sort of people turn their beliefs around and whatnot but there was still like I was finishing every session. I was finishing up with every client going like, this is great. And I'm so close to finding that thing that really lights me up. But I'm, there's just still, there was just still this piece missing. Like I was coming away. Like I want to give them more and I don't know what it is. Um, and then, and I'd looked into Reiki like a year before that, but it just hadn't flowed. And it just, I couldn't find a Reiki practitioner. I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to push that. I'm just going to, just let it be um and then about a year later in about one week i had about i had reiki come up about five different times like i just couldn't ignore it like it was so in my face it was like reiki 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 everywhere and i actually spoke to my mum, who had spoken to our energy healer who i've actually had since i was born and he's been my mother's um like medical medium and healer since she was 17, and he said to her, Bridget needs to be, Bridget needs to look into Reiki, like, just randomly talked to her one day, and said, Bridget needs to look into Reiki, and I was like, this is, like, the final sign, like, okay, I get it, like, I'll look into it now, um, and yeah, so I did, and it was just one of those things that just completely flowed, and it was just like, yes, this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing, I met uh, my Reiki master, we, um, you know, saw each other in a fire sort of energy suited each other then I got my Reiki um, one level one and then sort of six months through discovering that and still coaching I realized that I did want to take it further and get my level two um, practitioner level and so yeah became the Reiki level two practitioner and then I actually sort of was like like everything just made sense like as soon as I got that it was just just it was beautiful and it just made so much sense i was like this is exactly what i'm supposed to be doing and so i've kind of moved away from um coaching now and just doing that so it really was like a big process um over a couple of years of just like refining just figuring out in the moment okay what feels good to me now no this is good yes no that's not good and just keeping on refining and following what felt good to me in that moment to get where i where i am now
1: yeah I think that's so important because I've kind of been on a similar kind of journey in the last year and a half where I'm like oh I feel like this is where I'm going and then it kind of pivots and then but that all the stuff that I've kind of done up until then has like led me into what I'm doing now yeah and I just keep refining it the kind of the whole way down and I feel like I'm still not 100% fully there with what mm-hmm. I'm doing but I'm like so close and I know like kind of the direction I'm going in now so yeah. it's just and it at first, I'd feel like kind of like bad that oh, like I've spent all this time on this, but now mm-hmm. that's what I'm gonna do. But I think it's definitely worth it to get to
2: exactly what is lighting you up. Yeah, exactly. You and I think that's where people get so stuck because they think, oh, I have to know exactly what I'm doing now before I actually start moving towards that. And they're like, no, I, you know, I can't, I can't move to do this, I can't take any action until I know exactly what my niche is, until I know exactly what my ideal client is, like, until I know the end result. But you're gonna have no idea of the end result until, you know, you actually, you go through the motions. And I couldn't have told you two years ago that now I'd be a Reiki practitioner after studying for 18 months doing nutrition, which I thought at the time that was my thing. But it's purely you just have to, like, you know follow those nudges and do the things whatever lights you up in that moment is it's not a waste of time because essentially it's taking you closer and closer to what you're supposed to be doing and that's that's never still like it's constantly changing and constantly evolving I can't tell you now what I'm going to be doing in five years time like we don't we have no idea we're just going to go with it really
0: so for somebody that has never like done Reiki or heard of Reiki what what Mm. is it how would you describe it?
2: so it's basically so i when so in a reiki session basically i am working as a channel i guess for like pure source energy for my clients so the clients they're um on the table and i have my hands on them and i'm basically yeah i'm a direct source to this pure love to this pure light and energy. and what it does is it, I guess it can, when it does, there's so many different elements to it. Like I think of it like it clears, you know, it clears everything out, it clears out your chakras, but at the same time, it also brings forth into your awareness stuff that you may not even know that you're holding onto or stuff that you, you it's time to kind of let go of. Um, and it allows your body's innate ability to heal itself i mean we, can, we all have the ability to heal ourselves but we're not always in the right environment to heal ourselves because of you know toxins and traumas and thoughts and the next thing so it kind of allows uh, gives us the space and allows our bodies to start you know healing themselves again at the same time as gently bringing things into our awareness that we need to kind of look into or get rid of so does it
0: feel can you do you feel any like physical sensations cuz you yeah, don't absolutely. you touch people or is it just cuz hovering kind of her hand No
2: so, so I mean you can do both I I prefer touch but I think that's because I when I get it done myself I like to have the the physical contact um and yeah I feel things constantly like it's never the same thing like I always feel completely different things um but out of like on all of them, I feel like a warmth. Like it's just a really like there's I can feel sort of heat in my hands. And then as I'm moving through the body, through the different areas, through the different chakras, I might get like different kind of sensations. Say in my foot, for example, like I might get a tingle in my foot, or like my leg might jolt or something. And that's kind of going to give me these little intuitive niggles into what might be going on with the person, what area might need the extra support. Um, and I'm also getting a whole lot of, I guess, insights or downloads, if you like, um, during during the process and visions and everything as well. But no two sessions are the same; like they're completely different, completely different every time.
0: I've only um I've only ever had it done once, and mm. that was with uh, a woman I was actually living with, and I was having an anxiety attack, and she was oh, like, "Right, come here, lie mm-hmm. down," and I'm and like kind of did her thing but I, I think it really helped it really calmed me down yeah. but it was a very strange sensation so I've always kind of wanted to go back to it and see yeah. what it'd be like without having that original kind of uh, it, emotion at the beginning kind yeah. of thing.
2: No I think it, it's different for everyone that receives it as well like after doing it for a while now I really notice i think people hear a lot of the time oh you feel really light and and lovely after reiki but also you can actually feel really heavy and really depleted and really exhausted because they think people think of it as like this beautiful um healing and it's light and it's lovely and it is however if you're working through something or you have like serious anxiety or depression or like Kind of any mental illness, it can actually be quite a confronting healing. Like I've had sort of people get off the table and like burst into tears or just feel like completely shattered and completely exhausted because it does, it has this way of sort of bringing into your awareness what you're feeling that you might not even be aware of what you're feeling. It kind of brings that to the forefront. So if you are working through something quite heavy, um, that's going to bring that more into your awareness. So it can be quite intense.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how I kind of felt after I had it done for the first time probably about three years ago now. Mm. Um, I mean, it was the experience of it was really cool. Like I was just lying there and I could feel she wasn't touching. She was just had the, had her hands. And I, but I knew where she had her hands the whole time because I could feel like the energy, like mm. feel my skin tingling from it. Um, and then I think I must have fell asleep part of the way through it because there's a bit that I just don't remember and then at one point I felt like I was just floating Mm. but then after I was drained for days like I was so tired like straight after it, I had to have a nap and I don't and I had to like have a, a long nap and then I was just so tired for days after it um but at that point I guess that that was this kind of start of me learning more about energy Mm. um, and things so I I was quite unsure of like what has just happened to me like what what has this brought up and I didn't really know like what it was bringing to the surface and I was going through like a a tough time with like my health and things at that point Um, but that like after the initial like feeling really drained and things happened like I did feel good after it Mm. I was like a cool experience and then I had again from the same girl a while after that and it was just completely different like I felt great after that one Um, and so I get like but that was when I had been feeling better at that point so yeah I guess I was just releasing so many kind of toxins and things out my body at that first one that that's what kind of made me
2: feel so drained yeah exactly it's getting rid of everything that you don't need but to get rid of it it also has to bring it into your awareness like it kind of has to surface before like it just doesn't just like magically disappear like we have to be a part of that letting go and and purging process yeah
1: Yeah. and I I actually like done Reiki training last. Mm -hmm. I done my level one and I've not like practiced on like I've not like then went out and like Done anything on other people?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I get like I kind of done it. I was doing loads of other things at the time, and I was like, "Has this worked?" Because I'd done it online, so I didn't actually meet anybody. Oh
2: right. Yeah.
1: Like online and getting your um, what's the word? Your attunement. Yeah right. Um, online is the same as having it in person. Oh, okay. like hmm, I don't know if I believe that. Like, is it true? But ever since I done it. I can feel so much energy in my hands, like yeah. I can feel the tingling constantly in my hands. Like I meditate for five minutes, and it's so strong and powerful. And like I'll play about. I don't know if you do this. Like I I discovered this one day, on the toilet.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just sat there, and my hands were like to like I was kind of just holding my hands like about I know like an orange distance apart, and I could feel because the energy I could feel it so strong in between my hands. Yeah. I was like starting to move my hands closer together and I couldn't because it was like all this energy in my hands and I was trying to push it closer together and it was like there was a ball in my hands like a squishy ball but there was nothing there and I was like to my husband like put your hand in between my hands like there's like this ball of like energy in my hands and he's like what you've like lost.
0: (laughs) Were you still in the toilet at this point?
1: <laughs> oh yeah we, we we share those those um experiences
0: <laughs> David, David come into the
1: toilet quick I need to show you something <laughs> I know um maybe sharing a bit too much information but um I was just so fascinated by this and then so afterwards I was like on YouTube Google like what like what is this because I can feel something here and he just thought I'd lost the lost my mind uh. and then I was reading about like it's like a chi bomb or something you can make in your hands with like the energy and then you can like take that um and like put it are you laughing Emily
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm
1: <laughs> um you can like take this ball of energy and like put it on to like somebody's picture who needs healing or onto somebody who needs healing and I was like I don't know if that's like part like it's not nothing I'd kind of learn in the Reiki training I'd done I've just like discovered this mm. it. <laughs> yeah I started I started using it on my bunnies I've got two bunnies yeah and um <laughs> Nala <laughs> Are you just laughing at me, Emily? <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sorry. It's just so funny. <laughs> just the way you say, like, you found this thing on the toilet and now you're experimenting with your bunnies. Like, Yeah, ah.
1: like that, so, like, I've learned that, that it's obviously energy and it's healing. So Nala, my one of my bunnies, she gets ill quite a lot because she has a bit of a dodgy stomach.
2: Mm.
1: The condition that she gets, um, she... It usually has to be like taken to the vets and hospitalized for it because it's really serious but since I discovered this I started using this on her so anytime she starts to show symptoms instead of just having to rush her to the vets and get all this treatment I've started like making this energy ball in my hands and then just like putting it on her and like just kind of doing like some reiki on her and wow. she's never had to go to the hospital and that's been about six times that that's oh, wow and then that's also so when we were away on holiday just last month, um, my pet sitter said that Lola was showing symptoms of this. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm not there, like, to do this to her. But I'd done it from afar with a picture of her on my phone. And then she went back and checked on her a few hours later, and she was fine. Oh, wow. And I'm like, there's got to be something to this.
2: Like, I'm not yeah. just, up? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're all connected by energy you know like it and if I think if we can understand that we're all we are all connected and we're just basically in this ocean of like constant motion um yeah we can start to almost like it, it's not tangible but we can you can always feel it
1: okay so I'd read a bit about how you have been able to manifest quite a lot of things in your life I think it was from your post recently on your Instagram actually how you were speaking you've been kind of talking about manifesting and how you've managed to manifest you know money for trips and moving house and things like that so I wondered if you would just share with us kind of how you manifest and how others can because I think it's this thing that people hear of and they think oh well how do you do it it's such a mystery even though we are manifest in every single moment of every single day Um, and how would you explain it and how has it
2: impacted your life being able to kind of intentionally manifest um well I think yeah I think now there there's so many misconceptions about manifesting i think the biggest one being that like it's something that we have to like sit down and, and turn on or activate but it is working every second of every day but i think the key is to understand that we can consciously create and we can consciously manifest rather than just sort of going you know rolling with the punches and just sort of going along um, with life, and I think that there's becoming sort of more and more awareness around the law of attraction. But I think what people don't realize is the law of vibration, which the law of vibration is actually the foundation for the law of attraction, which states that every single thing is energy and it's constantly moving, um, including us. Like when you look at anything, whether that be a flower, a table, or a person, a chair, or whatever, um, we're seeing. Like not even one percent of it, and so ninety nine percent of it is energy waves, which is co- like are constantly um, oscillating they're constantly moving, um, and everything holds a different frequency, including um, our thoughts and our thoughts and our beliefs and our emotions, which is where manifesting comes into it and if we can start to have an awareness around our emotions and around our thoughts then that is essentially going to help sort of guide what we want to create um and i mean like i never sort of i think like mum my mum had taught me about it from a really young age but not like super specifically she's kind of more we grew up um you know with energy healers and stuff and learning about like the power of affirmations and the power of the mind and the power of how you can consciously create whatever you want basically but I don't think I ever really understood it until like the last five years In in a way like I didn't understand um why like I guess the science behind it and the fact that you know the the energy the energy behind it and and what that means and what the law of vibration is and what I guess like quantum physics is and how sort of everything on a subatomic level is not matter it's energy um but even when I was like 12 I remember manifesting my my first holiday um I decided I wanted to go to Perth because um, it's where my my auntie and my cousins live I had no money like I was 12 years old and someone i think my auntie or something was like oh you know i'll i'll contribute towards that and i was like right okay and i guess this is like the start of my like entrepreneurial journey as well because i was like okay great like who else wants to who else wants to put it and i was so determined like in that moment like i had this such a strong unbreakable belief that i was going to raise enough money for myself in this moment to get to perth like to get a ticket um, and like somehow I did it was literally just like all these like little mini opportunities and like family going "Oh, I'll put it in, I'll put it in but like my belief was so strong in that that you know obviously that over time creates that vibration that is a match to what I wanted to create and um, yeah like I get, I manifested my husband um and ever since then I've like manifested I think like travel to yeah like 10 10 or 12 different countries for almost for free just like things like that and then like little everyday things as well when I start to you know if I want to sort of meet um like have an opportunity for myself or meet a certain person like a certain friend or something just like little things like that you can really you can use it for your everyday life like getting a perfect seat on public transport or like getting all the green lights and everything like that like but it all comes back to what vibration you're putting out which all essentially comes back to your your emotions and your thoughts and your belief behind that but I think what people you know people create these vision boards they do these affirmations and they and then they go well the law of attraction doesn't work for me or I can't manifest like it's it's not working or whatever but that always comes back too because the belief behind what they want to create just isn't there like you can't kind of just click your fingers one day and decide that you I guess want want to manifest something I mean you can but you have to do the inner work as well because you know from like childhood and throughout our whole lives like you know Things, things have happened, shit's happened, we've taken on beliefs, we've been programmed, whatever. So these beliefs in our subconscious, that is going to create what is showing up in our lives. And so if we have these underlying beliefs and limitations around um, money or around relationships, you know, we might have grown up and our parents might have been saying, you know, money doesn't go on trees. No, we can't afford this. We can't afford that. So you're growing up with this, this lack mindset, kind of thinking money's hard to come by. So if all of a sudden you put on your vision board, okay, I want to earn, I want to have like 10 grand by next month, like that's all very well and good. But if you still have this belief that you've grown up with, that's that's your neural pathway, that's programmed into your brain, that doesn't just change overnight. Like you have to pair it with doing the inner work and with consciously choosing to change your thoughts and to change these beliefs behind what you want to create so that you can become, um, you can change your frequency and become a vibrational match for what you wish to call in.
1: And what ways could people like work at changing those limiting beliefs? Like what kind of processes can they do?
2: Um, I think like the number one thing honestly is awareness because I think that's that's what people get wrong like they go oh, i'm not you know I, I i believe i can have it and i'm i'm grateful for it for you know before i already have it but they actually they don't have that awareness into the beliefs that were created from their childhood so i think if you sort of go back to i guess you can I and mean, this is just like one example talking about sort of your relationship with money for example that's majority of time that's going to come back to um your parents relationship with money and how they talked about it growing up so if you like you know i always say you know do like do the digging find out your parents beliefs around money think back to your childhood what were the constant things they were saying to you about money like how how does money make you feel like when you think about money where does where is the emotion in your body like which chakra does it reside in um does it, what kind of emotion does it bring up what thought does it bring up do you tense up like all these little cues like emotion physical is going to tell you a lot about your current belief and your current thought about that particular thing in this case money so i think bringing awareness cultivating an awareness around that and then okay this is the belief so how am i going to start to change that? and you can really that's basically you know starting to to change your thoughts to create affirmations like start interrupting every negative thought that you have when you when this comes up and change that into the story that you now want to create like it takes I think like 90 consistent days to actually change a neural pathway which is essentially changing a belief so I think people go oh, well, I've done these affirmations for a week and my thoughts are still the same and they're still shit and I can't manifest And you know that's the exact kind of resistance that keeps you sort of stuck in in the vibration and from um changing that belief but then also like I'm you can use t- techniques such as I guess like um EFT like tapping um NLP and then yeah like Reiki as well because it you know clears out all, all your blocks and everything so I'm a big um yeah believer in, in Reiki to, to start changing those beliefs and those pathways and stuff like that yeah
1: that's so interesting that you said it takes 90 days to change a limiting belief because i was actually going to ask you like how how long can it can you like how long does it take to manifest things because in my experience with myself i feel like it takes me about three months from mm. when i kind of do the work to when something shows up mm. but listen you say 90 days because that's about 90 days. Um, and the funny thing, like what I'm going through right now in my life, is that for the past three months, I've had, like, I've been away on holiday. I had, like, a really, really crazy busy month where I didn't do any of the inner work. I was just working and surviving for life. And then I was on holiday, so I was just doing holiday stuff. And I didn't do any of the inner work. Mm. And then I've come back. And now what's showing up is, like, these limiting beliefs are coming back again and I'd like, yeah. like, i like mean I'm to work for them again because I've, I've had those three months of not doing any of the work so it's like you need to be consistent with it you can't just like do the work then the thing shows up and then expect to just keep like like consciously manifesting what you want you need to keep doing the work even after the fact
2: yeah exactly and I think that's what I guess puts people off or why people don't actually see the cultivation of their desires is because they try for a week or two weeks and it's like it's we you know we live in this age of we want a quick fix we want it now we don't want to wait like we want a quick fix we don't actually want to put in the work to to get the results so um yeah and, and I guess as well it is after every kind of manifestation as we up level and as we go through these different things and want to create more and more and more and as we grow and evolve we're going to be confronted with more and more beliefs so it's not just like okay I'm going to change a few of these beliefs and then I'm just I'm good for life like that's it I can just you know create whatever I want to create but every new version of us requires us to go into the beliefs the, that are coming up and the thoughts that are coming up behind that. Like it's a it's a constant. Like self development is is a constant process. It's not just like a one time thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've, I'm really starting to to learn that now as things are coming up.
0: Mm. Aside from your husband, of mm-hmm. course. What was the best thing that you've manifested? Mm, I would say travel to in general or to a particular place
2: um just in general really india was probably pretty up there when i was when i was 21 i managed to to get there but travel and actually also not just external things but um like the clarity i think we can we forget that we can actually manifest in like internal things as well not just like our external desires but we can Manifest things like clarity into our purpose we can manifest things like you know working towards Inner peace and and that kind of thing like I think we 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 do forget that there is a There's a whole nother part of the manifestation process aside from all these external things
1: Yeah, absolutely I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people because i know a lot of our listeners um have been speaking to us about they still don't kind of understand manifesting and want somebody to help explain it a bit better so i think that's going to really help them and also you've got a series that you've been doing on your instagram this last week actually kind of going quite in depth with it all all the different kind of stages of it so we'll put your Instagram handle on this podcast episode so people can go and check all that out as well
2: cool sounds good yeah and I think I'll make it into um, an ebook once I'm done with it as well so it'll be good to have it all in in one little place because I mean that's why I started it like there's so many misconceptions and people are going like oh I've been doing this and this and this and it just doesn't work because I think there is so many you know people saying oh i just just make a vision board or like feel it before you have it but it, it goes so much deeper than this you know these these little things
0: is it game time <laughs> <laughs> you can tell i'm like the the less serious one sometimes can't you <laughs> 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 or the one that doesn't know as much <laughs> so we've got a game mm-hmm. it's called health hack okay. or just crap okay So I'm going to read you a series of um, statements Mm -hmm. and you have to tell me if you think if it's real, if it's a health hack, or if you think it's made up, which is just crap. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's no prize for this game. I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 Just good vibes. Right. Okay. Right. So um, statement number one. Mm-hmm. you can use raw cacao powder as a natural dry shampoo if you're brun- brunette how heck? Ooh, got, a, got a player here that is correct <laughs> <laughs> um it
1: smell amazing as well
0: <laughs> wouldn't you just smell like chocolate
1: yeah that would be the dream
0: mm. <laughs> yeah but it wouldn't be good in the summer because you'd probably have loads of like bees and stuff
2: I'll just be worried about my pillowcases, my white pillowcases.
0: They'll piss me off. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, Bridget. Don't do it. No. <laughs>
2: um,
0: okay, statement two. Women in Sweden have been collecting their husband's semen and using it in smoothies to keep them young.
2: I should know this because my husband's Swedish. Um,
0: I'd say crap. I was going to ask you if you collected your husband's semen.
2: (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. It's it's still time. (laughs) He was Swedish when I made that one up.
0: Uh, Yeah, that that was just crap. So don't don't worry about any collections yet. (laughs) Right. Okay. um, Statement three: Eating food that's been on the floor for under five seconds isn't harmful for your health.
2: It depends. If it lands on the like outside floor and, and dog shit or something, then it's probably a good thing that you wouldn't eat it. But if it's just a floor in your house, I'd say there's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Bacteria will go onto it within okay. seconds, not just five. They don't wait, mm. funnily enough. Um. Okay, you're really good at this game. I should have made <laughs> it harder. Uh, statement four. Using the first cubicle in a public bathroom is the most hygienic.
2: True. Health hack. Because no one goes to that one. Yes. I know that's true because I go into that. Same. (laughs) Because no one else
0: does. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also the one that's most likely to have the most toilet paper in as well.
2: Oh, there you go.
0: Okay, there's some bathroom knowledge for our listeners there. (laughs) Okay, statement number five. People with positive initials live nearly four and a half years longer than people with neutral initials.
2: I don't even know what that means. So
0: um, (laughs) positive initials, I don't know, would be like uh, Jane Oscar Young. So her initials would be Joy. Joy. Oh, no, crap. That's actually not crap. Is it? Yeah. So people with positive initials that spell out things like joy or wow live nearly four and a half years longer than people with neutral initials. Oh, my God. And duds and asses live nearly three years less. (laughs) (laughs) Other initials that may shorten life are ILL and DED.
2: Oh my God, the more you know, eh?
0: I know. That's a bit of knowledge that you didn't think you needed to know.
2: Yeah.
1: Think about that if you have kids and name your kids. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't, I think my, my, mine are neutral initials, mine are EJA. What's yours, Bridget? Well, um, that's actually
2: been a bit of a running joke in my family for my whole life because my initials are BJ.
0: I'd say that's pretty positive. Yeah, I'd say. That. <laughs> you're going to live nearly four and a half years longer for that. Perfect.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, you're pretty neutral as well, aren't you, Sam?
1: Yeah, S-J-K, or S-J-H, if I ever use my married name.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you ever get around to changing it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How mean? long have you been married, Sam? Um, Three years.
0: Okay. Three years. I've been married since June, and my initials have changed. You need to get on the bus. <laughs>
1: well, Brit, you've not changed your initials, have you, Bridget?
0: Uh, yeah, I changed my last name. Okay. Yeah. You can't get moral support from Bridget for this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will do it one day.
0: <laughs> okay, and uh, final statement: Accusing others of taking your keys keeps you young. Uh, Crap That's a health hack too
2: Is it? Oh that's good because I do it all the time
0: Yeah, do you want (laughs) to know the logic behind it? Yeah I do So research suggests there's a marked difference Between how younger and older people interpret misplacing their car keys A young guy usually blames it on someone else Who took my keys? An old man typically blames it on himself I must be getting old, I misplaced my keys again Never use your age as an excuse for anything like this and see if you don't remain younger longer. It's an effective mental trick.
2: Wow, would you look at that.
0: I know. So just blame everybody blame else. Blame everybody
2: everything. else. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm pretty sure that you won that. If there was a prize, we'd give it to you. Thanks. But alas, there is not yet. Maybe That's when we right. get some, uh, some sponsors.
2: Yeah. We'd be, yeah. <laughs> be first up fantastic
1: can't wait amazing so yeah is there anything you would like to share with the listeners anything that you've got that you want to kind of you spoke about that you're moving to New Zealand soon and I kind of if anybody listening is going to be around
2: yeah I mean if yeah I'm going to be in New Zealand in six weeks so if you are there and want a Reiki session, I'm down in Christchurch, would love to see you. I'm actually trying to connect at the moment with sort of more people in New Zealand, because I, mean, I haven't been here for five years, so trying to sort of build up that um, a community, I guess, like a build up here of sort of health and wellness people in the way community, then yeah, I'd love to meet you and see you and share Reiki with you.
1: Is that gonna be your permanent home from now?
2: um New Zealand yes Christchurch no so we'll just do a couple of years there and then we'll go up north where it's a little bit warmer sounds good (laughs) yeah chase the sun yes
1: well amazing thank you so much for coming on today there's been thanks for having me amazing information shared that I think is going to help a lot of people so we're very grateful for you to come on
2: oh thank you I hope you've enjoyed yourself it's been yes, good yes very much so thank you
1: amazing thank you so much thank you bye
0: bye if you love being part of the tribe make sure you subscribe to our podcast and leave a comment or leave a five-star review and we will be back for you next week for more tribe talk If you love being part of the tribe, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and leave a comment or leave a five star review and we will be back for you next week for more tribe talk.